0: everyone welcome back to yet another episode of it's right here on the wall entertainment Evolved. and that rhymed and i it was unintentional <laughs> uh if you are on audio uh heads up you can catch us on video now you can see my uh smiling grinning uh, very personable mug uh, however, uh, if you are on the video, I can no longer build up suspense as to who the guest is. Uh, so, uh, Lauren, welcome from Coffee and Lore, Thanks. right back to the show.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here and do the new video.
0: Now, before we get into the main event tonight, which if you clicked on this, it's The Last of Us, Episode 6. Um, uh, you know, we talked about uh, we got the wall here behind us, and not everybody like knows what all this stuff is. And uh, unlike Oz, I let you pick what you wanted uh, to talk about, and <laughs> we had this item from last week, and everybody was like, it was sitting over there where the gelatinous cube is sitting now, and it was in my, like, field of vision, and it's a bobblehead, of course, so it was just sitting there doing this <laughs> the whole episode, and we had people actually message us about it, That's so I'm amazing. glad you picked it. Um, it's going to do that the whole time, just so you know, and I'm going to leave it sitting here. Um, well, but I will put in some close-up shots of it.
1: I watched your episode last week. The reason I picked this is because I watched the episode last week and immediately saw your cold open, and I was like, oh, my God, what's he going to pick for me? So I messaged you, and I was like, please pick something I know. Don't like, surprise me with like some... Something I don't know.
0: <laughs> and it was funny because she was like, uh, you know, what's going to, you know, what What on your shelves can I talk about? And then I sent you like nine photos. I was like, well, this or this or this.
1: And I could have talked about any of them. So I was completely safe.
0: And actually, um, so right now, so I have it here on the shelf. This is uh, the Way of Kings leather bound. You're actually reading this right now.
1: I am. I'm like 650 pages into it um wednesday the i think it's the 22nd that morning i'm gonna pull an all-nighter tonight and tomorrow night and we're gonna have a review of way of kings on the morning of the 22nd at coffee and lore
0: that is perfect because i was just about to ask you what you had coming up is there anything besides the Way of Kings Review? Not that this monster book is not enough to uh, to talk about.
1: So I am going to Greenville this weekend on a girls' trip. And um, there is a huge bookstore in Greenville that we don't have here. Um, and so I'm super excited to go in there. And there will be a vlog next week on that. And then just working my way through Stormlight.
0: Awesome. That is awesome. I will definitely be uh, tuning in for that. Uh, I've been watching a lot of your stuff, so I know you've been putting out a lot of shorts and, you know, just getting the channel going over there. So
1: definitely trying to. You gotta you gotta kinda I feel like with social media, you gotta have a pretty broad range. Like, right. you can't just reach, unfortunately, anymore one tiny corner. You right. have to be able to do this. You have to be able to talk about this. You have to be able to talk about that. So I try to like have my hands in a couple of different things. I love coming on different podcasts, especially yours, and being able to talk about maybe more um, books and movies type stuff right. um, that I don't talk about on my shows.
0: Yeah, that is always the kind of the, um, the pleasure in it. I love going on like Superhero Homies and talking about stuff like that. Or I was on Tavern Notice Board not too long ago. So, uh, you know, we, it's, we're very fortunate to have all these options available to us. Um, I do want to say uh, coming up, uh, I have a special sit-down interview with Sean Legacy later on this week. Uh, and then Last of Us, today we're doing episode six um i've got guests lined up for seven and eight not ready to reveal them yet but for the the finale uh we're gonna do another podcast assembled so everybody awesome. is excited for that uh and uh we're gonna change the scene in here a little bit i'm gonna have to get a bigger table because <laughs> uh, uh it's gonna get real cramped with the four of us sitting at this one so
1: it's gonna be so fun i didn't know we were doing that and now i'm like super excited about it
0: it's gonna happen so it's, it's awesome. a thing.
1: Uh, and you and I are going to review Priory when you finish it. That's
0: right, which is going to be soon. It is going to be soon. It's going to happen. I, so I believe
1: you. I, I have full I'm confidence. actually reading
0: it now. I have a little bit of time in my schedule. so
1: I know what a busy man you are, so I 100% no pressure.
0: So let's talk about, let me get my drink out of the way. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about this. This is actually a Funko, if you didn't uh, notice. They have some really huge ones. And it is a bobblehead. It is head.
1: massive compared to my hand size.
0: <laughs> As a lot of these are, um, I don't know how much of it you guys can see, but I have the full set of the Avengers bobbleheads over here. The newest edition, and we'll talk about this at some point, on the shelves behind me, it's definitely, uh, you can't see it. Maybe I'll splice in a little video of it here uh, for, the, uh, for the feed, but uh it's uh the guardians of the galaxy and they kind of they're the way they sit on their ship and it's all of them so um they're bobbleheads as well there's a lot of bobble on these shelves Uh, but the reason this is so significant is we have mandalorian season three coming out on march 1st
1: we do and i am beyond excited for that that is there are a handful of shows that i do not miss an episode like i do not let myself fall behind i am an avid reader and that's always my priority so i'm booking 10 to 15 books a month um and people are always like well how do you do that i don't watch a lot of film and tv right that show i watch every (laughs) week
0: i i it'll um it'll be interesting to see if i can keep up because uh the internet loves to like everybody watches mandalorian Mm -hmm. and so i was watching it at 3 a.m like when it drops on disney plus because it was just like I know I'm going to get up tomorrow. I know I'm going to get on the internet immediately.
1: And be pissed.
0: And, yeah, and so it's like, nope, 3 a.m., it's right there. Uh, Spoilers for season two, but uh, when uh, Luke shows up at the end of season two, I mean, it was like 4 a.m., and I was literally, like, jumping up and down in my living room like I was six years old, like, uh, one of the best experiences watching an episode of television. Um,
1: It was amazing. It was amazing.
0: Uh, So I'm really looking forward to season three also.
1: I am too. And it's super on brand because we have the same lead. In Mandalorian, as we do in The Last of Us, the man can do no wrong. That's Pedro right, Pedro Pascal.
0: That's right; he's in everything. Eventually, all TV will just be him escorting a magical child. So.
1: And it, it, and I will watch. I'll watch I told you, yeah. I watch. I will watch every minute of it. They can do it here. They can do it in space. They can do <laughs> it underwater. I'll still watch it.
0: SpongeBob SquarePants, starring Pedro Pedro Pascal,
1: Pascal and he's just going to assist him to his new home. And I'm going to watch it.
0: I'm I'm up for it. Um, yeah, I'm down uh and then uh, also uh recently we had the uh the prediction of uh uh mass effect done as a muppet movie with <laughs> pedro pascal as the as commander shepherd which i also would really like to see
1: i would watch it yeah. <laughs> however that <laughs> threw me a little
0: bit yeah uh i i would watch it um i actually just want to see a muppet movie in general with pedro pascal as the human character
1: no absolutely I, mean, I think you'd be absolutely fantastic at yeah. it
0: yeah they can they can remake one of the old ones or make a new one i'm I'm cool with it however um that being said uh so mandalorian season three debuts march 1st and guess what we're gonna review every single episode uh right here on this show so uh
1: hopefully i'll be here for I at would, least one would
0: love to have you back for that so Woo-hoo. so uh it, it's it's on video now i No takesies, backsies.
1: Nope, nope, nope. I will definitely do it. Like, you don't have to give me an excuse to gush over Pedro (laughs) Pascal. There's no excuses needed.
0: So, is there anything from season three that you, like, really want to see, like, going into it?
1: I would like to see more saga. Or yeah. um, it—it's Ahsoka. Ahsoka, yeah. Ahsoka. Sorry, I always say her name wrong, That's and okay. people always correct me. So I knew it was wrong the second that I said it. I would like to see more out of her character development She's over um, here somewhere. <laughs> and I just really like how they are slowly not. Push down your throat bringing in other characters in the world. You know yeah. what I mean? Like when we got the season for Boba Fett, a Mandalorian showed up there and we didn't expect that. Right. And it was and I just really like the way that they're subtly bringing in characters. It's not like the um Disney movie ones where it was just like Luke, <laughs> Leia. Yeah. Like it was kind of a punch to the throat. This is a lot more subtle. This is a lot more progressive
0: it was purely like a nostalgia play for mm-hmm. the movies whereas with this i think they're being a lot more careful with it um and the, i would i would it, it would reason to say that we're gonna get some ahsoka in this season because she's about to get her own show i think that's the next mm-hmm. major project they have coming so uh and she's my favorite star wars character so i would i'm always up to see more of her on screen and to get more of her backstory and everything
1: favorite star wars character that's a tough one
0: yeah uh cheese it for me uh but like obi-wan is just like right there just right below
1: but i have so many yeah i think qui-gon for a very long time was my favorite um not just from what we do see in film photography but like there is you know star wars fiction out in the ether nets yeah and um i always love a good qui-gon story
0: i mean uh he was amazing uh the little bit he was in uh, Tales of the Jedi.
1: Tales of the Jedi was amazing because yeah. of that reason, and I think we talked about that on another review I did. But I loved I Tales so, yeah. of the Jedi because there was so much Qui Gon in it.
0: Yeah, and we did not expect that. So. No,
1: but I think honestly, Cassie and Andor might be one of my favorites now.
0: After watching Andor, it's really hard for like so many of those characters to not be it. Like, if you had told me that Cassie and Andor would be on even my top fifty Star Wars characters list. A year ago, I would have been mm-hmm. like, there's no chance of that happening unless they're just going to brutally ruin about 200 other characters. And he just, by default, <laughs> floats to the top. Yep. But uh, I was completely wrong because they knocked it out of the park with that show. Look, if you like Star Wars at all and you're hesitant to watch Andor like like I was because I did not like Rogue One. Um, we were talking about uh, Way well, of Kings earlier. Brandon Sanderson hasn't watched it either. He is not a Rogue One fan. I would tell him the same way I'm going to tell everybody at home. Whether you like Rogue One or not, watch Andor. The first two episodes are very slow. It's such a good series. One of the best Star Wars series out there. I mean, I couldn't recommend it enough to anyone.
1: Diego Luna just does so much with that character. And he's best friends with our boy Pedro Pascal.
0: That's true. So That's true. There true. you
1: go. It's just the space boys out there rocking.
0: Unfortunately, we're never, we'll never see them interact in, uh, in the show because... Uh, Spoilers for Rogue One, but uh, they <laughs> all get evaporated. So
1: Yes, I know. And I really hope that they take Andor up to that point.
0: I, yeah, I think they would I think
1: it would be fantastic development, and I think Diego could do a lot with it.
0: Yeah, I think their plan <clears> Season <throat> 2 is to take it all the way to the beginning of Rogue One. So, looking forward to that.
1: Absolutely.
0: So, you mentioned earlier you don't watch a lot of TV and movies. So, me knowing that, when I watched Episode 3... Of The Last of Us, I messaged you and I said, Listen, I know you don't watch a lot of TV and movies, but this is worth your time. And you trusted me on it.
1: I did, because you are the, this man right here sitting here is the reason I watched this show.
0: I, I am very happy to have shared that with you. And here you are reviewing uh, episode six. So, what do you think about the show so far?
1: So far, it really is just overgoing my expectations. Like, I tried no less than 10 times to watch The Walking Dead. Right. And I made it to maybe episode one. I think the la- farthest I ever made it was like episode three. And it was, I'm a realistic thinker. And it was so far out of my realm of this could happen mm-hmm. that I couldn't get into it. My favorite type of zombie trope is something that it actually explains how it can happen and... The way that they did this, where they're not zombies, they're infected. Right. Brilliant to me. Like I legitimately could see people eating these specific mushrooms, and then you know, it spreads. Right. Pandemic style, almost. Can we say the p word on YouTube now?
0: Uh, I don't know. I, okay. I guess so. Uh, we're about to find out. There
1: you go. Well,
0: if if the views on this go <laughs> nowhere, I'll go bleep it out. You know.
1: I know there was a big thing where you couldn't say it for a little while, or else it would like tag it
0: out yeah yeah the the algorithm would just Mm -hmm. grab you so but yeah so
1: (laughs) i i'm loving it um honestly went way above my expectations um episode three is perfect example of that like those two characters we're not going to see anymore in this show right but they gave them so much time and so much development. It shows that the writers and the producers respect character development, which is huge to me. Yeah. And I loved it. And it even though Joel is in it for like 5 seconds, yeah. it adds to Joel's character development.
0: Yeah. I think every episode since 3, every every person who's come on this show, we've had to talk about episode 3 because it was just such a stellar episode of television. And just an incredible moment, not only in this show, but just in television in general. Um, I, I absolutely uh, thought it was incredible. And that was what caused me to message you and say, hey, you really need to check this show out. Because I've, I've told people that, like, won't even watch the show. Like, I'm like, even if you won't watch it.
1: You could watch it standalone.
0: Yeah. That third episode is just tremendous storytelling. And it's character development and world building at the same time. And you're showing us the world. Through the eyes of these two characters and their life and the way that they interact with each other, and it was just it was just such a good episode for them for their entire like mythology right to absolutely. to have that in there so.
1: absolutely and their main they're big characters in the game or minor characters in the game
0: they are um so I, I'm glad you mentioned that because uh before I answer that question, so you actually have a unique kind of set of experience. Compared to everybody I've had on thus far this season, because mm-hmm. you are not a video game fan of Last of Us. Um, so, uh, everybody else that I've had on thus far, they've all been like huge Last of Us, like video game players. I've played the games and think they're okay. Um, uh, for various reasons, for one and two, uh, I dislike things very heavily about both of them. But you had not played the games at all, so your experience with this starts and ends at the show. So normally, I give a spoiler warning, like, "Hey, we're not going to talk about anything beyond the games." But right. we definitely we're not going to talk about that at all today. So
1: no, because Lauren is a <laughs> clean slate for The Last of Us. I didn't even know there was a game until somebody like told me. Right. I thought that this was just you know just another show. zombie show.
0: Yeah. So uh, you can listen all the way through today. We're not going to have any game spoilers. They're like beyond where the show is right Right. so to answer your question though in the game when they get there um bill is alive frank is already dead uh when the player arrives so none of their like backstory is really in there you only kind of find out through like a letter that there was like a romantic involvement
1: got it like that last letter that joel kind of picks up at the end of episode three
0: yeah except it's like a suicide note from Mm. frank to bill that Mm. they find and bill is like this, yeah, this really, like, devastated, angry kind of person. And what we see there is, in the game, Joel kind of looks at it like, okay, if I don't let somebody in, like, if I continue to be this guarded, like, kind of person, I'm going to end up just like him. Whereas in the show, it was like, it w- they flipped it, and it was just like, Wow! If if I want to, I can still have
1: this. a life.
0: I can still have what they had. That's still something for me in this world.
1: I like the show version.
0: I do. It worked way better, and I I think this always should have been a t- television show. Yeah. Um. I I think that you couldn't tell that story in the game. I understand why they did it that way in the game because you couldn't. I mean, what are you going to do? Water the flowers? Like you couldn't have told you know exactly. that story in, in a video game format. But the way they did it in the show. It it just added so many layers to the situation, so.
1: Yeah, no, it's, that was probably my favorite episode so far. I would agree. I would say four and five could have been one episode. Yeah, I agree. And I feel like it was, like, on the epic quest of The Last of Us, that was, like, their side quest. Yeah. It almost felt like a little bit. But then six brings it back around. Yeah. To, I was like, yes, this is what we're doing. This is where we're going.
0: Yeah, we're all, we're back on the main quest. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. so, just overall thoughts on this episode, like, uh, how do you how did you feel about it?
1: I really enjoyed it. Um, I thought it showed tremendous development between Joel and Ellie. Yep. Um, and I liked that Ellie found out that Joel had a daughter, and like, there were so many things hanging over their relationship that came to wash this episode mm. that have been needing to for a while. They were like kind of the elephant in the rooms. Right. You know what I mean? Um, and I also really liked the almost underwhelmingness of Tommy and Joel coming back together. Right. Because Tommy had changed so much. Yeah. And Joel had changed so much.
0: Yeah.
1: Like, I think it showed how we kind of build up in our minds what we're going to experience. But because we're humans, a lot of times that's not what happens in relationships. Right. And they aren't what our expectation was
0: expectations will fuck you up or whatever Yoda said (laughs) so he he said something like that I think
1: I'm I'm 100% sure yeah 100% uh
0: yeah I mean that that is an excellent point like uh you know Joel is kind of playing the big brother thing and like when he drops the uh the line in the episode I came here to save you it's just kind of like you're the one that needs saving you -hmm. know like he's fine you know, and, and it it, it kind of it got a laugh out of me when he when he says the line. He's like, "I came here to save you," and just the look on Tommy's face. And it's you like, know,
1: I, I I saved myself. Like I found this group. And yeah, I felt for Joel in that moment though. Like that had to have been a gut check. Like he has gone through so much to save Tommy.
0: Yeah, and well, and and, and we see through his personality in the show. He's a protector. Mm-hmm. That's what he does, and he's got that big brother complex with with Tommy. And so it's just like to find out that your little brother has been thriving out here without you Mm -hmm. and he's moved past all this shit that the two of you did and you haven't at all. It's like, you know, he, he actually comes to realize in this episode that like he's not the stronger brother right now from like a having it together standpoint.
1: No, absolutely. And Sometimes in friendships, relationships, siblings or whatever, it's really hard because one person may have moved on to something like bigger, better, whatever, a different place mentally. And if one person's still holding on to that mental place or whatever, it it just doesn't mesh.
0: It can be very tough for that person. And mm-hmm. we see that here. Um, so um, I want to talk about our main cast here. Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey, always killing it as Joel and Ellie. Every week, though, for like the past, I'd say two, three episodes. Like, there's a small contingent, and we talked about this on on previous episodes, too. There's a small contingent of people on the internet that are like, they don't like Bella Ramsey as as Ellie.
1: I think she's brilliant.
0: This episode, especially.
1: I keep having to look at her name, though, because in my head, when I'm watching it, I'm like, Sophia. Like because I have an almost 14-year-old who has has Ellie's energy all day. <laughs> Literally, sometimes this show is triggering to me because it's like watching if I got stuck in apocalypse with my own child. So
0: I had never put that together. Uh but now that you say it, yeah, I can I can see it.
1: Oh sure. my gosh, the mouth, the strong willedness, the independence. All day long. I'm watching the show and I'm like, my kid would have said that in that moment.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, getting used to her as a uh, Liana Mormont, as we all did. And then.
1: Who's very like kind of put together. Yeah. Very like speak, like thinks before she speaks. Yeah.
0: And then we get her with the American accent that is flawless. She uh, does a good one. Yeah. And then, you know, her being Ellie in this uh, was, I, I think is tremendous. Um we get Gabriel Luna back as Tommy. I'm a huge fan of his. I don't know if you're familiar with his previous. I work.
1: am not. What else has he done? Um,
0: what I love him in was in Agents of Shield. He played Ghost Rider in that, and I thought he was way better than Nicolas Cage. Um, you know, uh, I
1: don't think I've seen that one. Is that the one with Wentworth Miller? Yes. Okay, I've seen Wentworth Miller in that, because okay, yeah. I love Wentworth Miller, yeah, but yeah. I haven't, like, followed every episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, Uh, so he was only in one season of that. Got it. Um, and I thought he was really good as Tommy here, and, and there was a very clear difference between the Tommy we see in the first episode and the Tommy we see here.
1: In both Joel and Tommy, I felt like. Yeah. Like, the growth that we get from, I mean, it really made it feel like all those episodes that time jump. They didn't have to tell you, you know. Sometimes at the beginning of the show, they have to be, like, five years later or whatever. Like, they could have not put that in there. And I would have known, like, around how much time had passed.
0: Yeah. Because in that first episode, we really get that hint that Joel is, uh, like, the big brother who's Mm -hmm. always looking after Tommy. And Tommy's kind of a fuck up. And, yeah.
1: That's 100% it. He's, like, kind of lackadaisical, chill, whatever. And now on the flip side, like... Tommy's becoming a father and he's very like more into the structured society of things and Joel's like mm, this isn't really my vibe.
0: And and let, let's talk about that since we're on this on the subject. Their relationship between the two of them and them realizing where it is like not to mention Joel's reaction to Tommy saying he's going to be a father. We get you know, Sarah dying comes really to the forefront in this episode. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, as someone who has a panic disorder, I knew exactly what was happening to Pedro Pascal here. or, Or Joel rather is he was having a panic attack and he had several in this episode where it's just like, he, this idea of not only like, you know, him not having control, but also like the people he's supposed to be protecting, Um, The people that are supposed to depend on him not necessarily needing that protection or wanting it, Mm -hmm. sometimes both, that's catching up to him. Um, You know, Tess was someone that he protected. She's She's gone. gone. Ellie may be gone soon, you know, uh, from, like, because in this episode, he tries to send her with Tommy. He finds out that Tommy didn't need his protection. So it's just like this, like persona that he's built around himself that he's his entire like life is based on is just kind of crumbling up under him and he's having a hard time with it
1: no absolutely and as somebody who is kind of a control type person as well that's the worst and you say things you don't mean because just like in the moment you're like, f you and remember your mom was sideways or something <laughs> like you say stuff that you shouldn't even be saying to another human being right but you say it because in that moment you're panicking, you're anxious, you're like I gotta I gotta get them before they get me type that's almost the feeling yeah and I was so happy when Tommy came back to him and they were in a cooler moment yes and cooler heads prevailed
0: yes. Absolutely on that. Um, I loved that scene too. Um, especially the way that Joel talked about Ellie to Tommy. When he starts telling Tommy about her being immune. Mm-hmm. And Tommy's just like, run the whole thing back for me. Like, yeah, I need to start know everything. from the beginning. Yeah, because you could tell like they've heard bullshit like this before. Mm-hmm. And Joel has come such a long way from the second episode where like, you know, he finds out and about her immunity and he's just like whatever we've heard these miracle cure stories blah 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 and Tess was the only one that had any hope like she was you know the hopeful one that was like really just like we have to do this yeah and then now joel is completely on board with that and he he believes now that she could be a cure as well
1: i agree um the end of episode five that one was like in the heart for me yeah, for sure. Where the little boy was bit, and she tried to, like, rub her blood on him. Yeah. And I thought that was such a great moment for Bella Ramsey's character, for Ellie.
0: Yeah, because she's like, my blood is medicine. She's thinking she's going to be able to save him, because this may be the first real friend she's had in a very long time.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's so funny. Um, So I lived in Wyoming for seven-ish years. That's where my Sophia was born. And, um, like, seeing some of the area, like, I lived right on the Cheyenne-Fort Collins-Colorado border. So, like, so much of what they were (laughs) seeing, Jackson, all of it, like, I've been there. And so it was really kind of cool setting-wise. Also, I, I didn't realize, I guess, where they were at until fully this episode.
0: I think they go through Cheyenne, like, in the episode, in their travels or whatever. To get so. from
1: where they're at up there near Jackson to Colorado, they would have had to.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is, because uh, I actually, just to check, I looked earlier and you can go and, like, somebody has gone on, like, Google Maps, of course, and mapped their, like, path. Mm-hmm.
1: So. And that I-25 sign uh, that they keep showing, is that I-20 or I-25? I think it's 25. 20 yeah. is ours, yeah. Yes. 25 Oh, my gosh. We used to ride that road <laughs> to go to Fort Collins or Denver because that was the only thing to do. You know, Cheyenne, Wyoming, there's really not a lot to do. There's, like, your little podunk bars. Um, but it was just very nostalgic-inducing for little bits like that for me.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Uh, it, it was, like, the sets and, like, the scenery in this episode are I don't know if they
1: shot it in this place, but it looked like it was, like, what that area would look like in a dystopian type of situation.
0: Knowing um, knowing HBO, they probably shot as much on location as was feasible. So, yeah, I would say so. Um, let's talk Joel and Ellie's relationship in this episode, because at the beginning, you know, we get a little three-month time skip from, you know, Sam and uh, Henry dying. Right and that was really tra- traumatic for Ellie
1: absolutely
0: and we get to see like just how much in those 3 months like these two's relationship has grown mm-hmm. um Ellie is a lot more comfortable with Joel you can tell that Joel is loosening up a little bit he's cutting her a little more slack like episodes 1 and 2 Joel would have been like you know put the damn rabbit back or whatever mm-hmm. and she would have like thought about it for a second and then put it back mm-hmm. whereas now he's just like Put the rabbit back, and she's like, No, we're gonna eat him. Like, whatever, come on, let's go. You know, like, yes, they have this much more like playful kind of you know relationship where you know he's trusting her more, he's teaching her how to hunt, he's teaching her how to you know stand guard over their camp. And
1: this, the one where he's teaching her to shoot or whatever was yeah. such a good scene, it like really showed their character. And then when he hits the, the target, and she's so shocked, she's like, What? Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> no, was really good.
0: Yeah, I, I really loved like seeing their kind of bond Mm -hmm. and like all of that leading up to him trying to kind of pawn her off on uh tommy which you can tell that he doesn't want to do but he's not letting her see that
1: yeah for sure i think he just thought of she'll be safe here I can go ahead on to Colorado, check and make sure these people are here. Let them know what's going on. Then we'll come back together for her. You know what I mean? I don't want to take her on this dangerous journey. But she wasn't having any of it. Um, But I do think he was going to leave her with Tommy in like a she'll be safe and secured here.
0: Yeah. Because he's doubting himself. Yeah. Especially with the panic attacks he's having.
1: No, absolutely. And plus, you know, Tommy's kind of gotten in his head a little bit where he's like, it's a really dangerous journey. Like, I'm not doing it. I got things to live for.
0: Right yeah i agree um and we all this leads up to her dropping that line that just crushes him where Mm -hmm. she's like i'm not her she knows about sarah and this kind of brings it all rushing back for joel this like moment that has defined his entire like life afterwards which as it would for i think any parent you know uh his his daughter died in his arms and now he has this daughter-like figure in his life, and she's not Sarah. She's never going to no. be Sarah. And uh, Ellie dropping that line on him and, like, the way that they – his reaction to it was uh, one of the best moments in the show, honestly, I think.
1: I agree. And I love also where Ellie, would like, obviously would have meant to Joel when she said, I'm not here – her. But to Ellie, it was like, you know, his daughter was pre this issue happening – and she was very, you know, nurtured and, you know, taken care of. And Ali's also reminding him, like, hey, I grew up in this. I'm stronger than this. You can trust me to shoot somebody. You can trust I'm not her. Right. Like, yes, I'm also not her and then I'm not a replacement. But also you, I have your back and I am worthy of having your back a little bit.
0: Yeah, she doesn't need to be, like, coddled or anything.
1: Exactly. This is the
0: only thing she's ever known. She
1: was born in this war.
0: Yeah, even that, like, uh, her finding, like, the diary or whatever. Mm
1: -hmm. And she's
0: just, like... Is this all they had to worry about, you know, because that's never, she's never known a life like that.
1: No. And then when they're going into Colorado and he's talking about the campus and he's trying to explain to her, like what college was. <laughs> and she's like, so these adults go here and go to school and live together.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just such a, an odd a
1: foreign concept. Yeah. to her.
0: Yeah. I loved that. Um, when they get to the city of Jackson, um, or, or well, right before they get there. That moment with, like, the cordyceps-sensing dog or whatever was so tense.
1: It really was. I mean, I was worried for a second. I was like, is this dog going to trip over what she smells like? Yeah. Because... I didn't know. I mean, Joel. That would have been devastating for Joel to sit there and watch this kid get mauled. So oh, he become wouldn't. Attached
0: have. To he would have. He would have killed that dog immediately, and then probably been shot.
1: Exactly. So everybody would have been dead. End of the show. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Roll credits. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he's lucky because among them was Maria, who was played by Rutina Wesley. And of what True do Blood I, fame.
1: Thank you. That's what I was like. What do I know her from? And you finished it before Tara I May. even. Tara. Yeah,
0: she's yes. Tara from True Blood.
1: Tara and Lafayette were my favorite characters in True Blood.
0: I, I actually, um, I noticed it was her just from the, the what was visible, the eyes. Oh, nice. And I was like. Well, I guess vampires are accepted here, just not infected.
1: (laughs) I didn't know it from that scene, but the first scene that I saw her without her stuff on, I was like, oh, snap. She's in something, and it's something I've watched a lot of. And I was like, I can't place it, but Caleb will tell me tonight.
0: (laughs) She also doesn't have the Louisiana accent either. Right. She's talking
1: with, like, a very Western. (laughs) Not like – okay, so when I say Western – accent i'm not talking about what people think of like but texas right there's a west coast sounding accent that's Mm -hmm. popular in like utah colorado wyoming california like not valley california but like upper california it's almost like a non-existent enunciation of words
0: i see i can't quite place it but even having been to like Well, the only place in Cali I've been is like SoCal and they have their own. They have their own.
1: Exactly. That is a world (laughs) upon itself and it could just be off on its own.
0: Trying to explain SoCal to someone who hasn't been there. You're just like, okay, like you can put a hoodie on and be fine. You can take the hoodie off and be fine. (laughs) Any day of the year, day or night, doesn't matter. The weather's like the same.
1: Exactly. And they're just like. And they pay $40 for lunch from the grocery store. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. It's just, uh, it's such a weird place that it's hard, especially somebody who's, like, if you grew up in the South and, like, never left here, it's such a difficult thing to explain to someone. It, It might as well be a different planet. Yeah,
1: there's so many different cultures all over the U.S. that, like trying to explain to somebody who has maybe only lived in one section, whether it's the South or whether it's, you know, in a different section, but it's their own little environment, their own little bubble. Like I could take my husband, who primarily has lived in Georgia his whole life, um, take him up to Michigan where I'm from, and you've got a huge Polish community, a huge Germanic community, a huge Russian community. Like they have their own grocers, their own butchers their own everything and um he he would be lost he'd be like what do you what do you mean we're (laughs) polish so we go to the polish butcher (laughs) (laughs) like it would be foreign to him like there's culture here
0: yeah yeah uh most of the places that i've traveled to in the u.s have been pretty unique i would say because i spent a lot of time in like madison wisconsin which is like a weird like you just took a very liberal like city and mm-hmm. just like dropped it in the middle of like in a the corn country. Field. Exactly. yeah exactly like um if you ever been in downtown atlanta like you know how you can just like take a wrong turn and you can just be in like not the best neighborhood like uh this is like that except you could just be in a cornfield you'll be like mm-hmm. oh there's a bunch of these big giant like, office buildings, concrete jungle. Okay, I took a right right here. I think that said to take a left. Oh, I'm, in, I'm on a farm. Like, it's it's it, there's no suburb. It goes from downtown to field. That's it. And Minneapolis
1: is a bit like that, too. I flew out there. My cousin lives there for her wedding. And um, we flew into Minneapolis, and I was expecting. They told me she was getting married at a national park. But I don't know. It didn't fully connect with me. <laughs> And so we drove just outside of Minneapolis, not that far outside of Minneapolis, and it literally was like no cell service, trees everywhere, a giant lake, and I was like, heck am I? Like, how long have we been driving? Not that long.
0: Yeah. It's a strange thing, because here, uh, most cities are sprawling and, and and really spread out, and I think that comes from, uh, like, I I think people in the South typically like to live in the country it's Mm -hmm. it's a thing and so it's just like people don't want to live in the city or even the suburbs so like all the cities like sprawl out really far i mean you look at like the entire like footprint of like atlanta and it's like over a fourth of the state just how far out i mean it goes
1: no absolutely and shoot you talk about the csra yeah like mile wise it's massive yeah going from I had a friend visit going from my house on the west side of town to like Savannah Rapids, which is on a whole other side of town. It can take, depending on traffic, 30, 40 minutes. It's not close. But I tell her, no, we're still in Augusta. (laughs) And she's like, what?
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and Atlanta's like, that time's like 10. Exactly. Because it could take you four hours to get somewhere in Atlanta if you just pick the very and, wrong and time to go. Exactly,
1: and there's like different names for all of the little sub-areas. That's what throws me off. Yeah. Because I'm going to this concert in Atlanta, and I had to text you and be like, which Cheesecake Factory do I need? <laughs> because there's more than one, and they none of them say Atlanta. Okay?
0: You can very fairly get around in Atlanta as long as you know which Cheesecake Factory is which.
1: There you go. And where
0: the Braves stadium is the, the new one not the old one actually knowing where they both are would be helpful
1: see i needed to know where the football stadium was
0: <laughs> and that that one's not hard to find uh if you know downtown atlanta so there you go uh but anyway we will get back on topic because yes. that's what we do here is we spiral <laughs> uh we just uh, take a little thread and just tug right on it um what did you think about the little city slash commune of jackson
1: so at first I was like, oh, my gosh, this is amazing. Like, this is a really safe place. Look at how much they've done. But the more they talked to Tommy and um, Maria, the more I got very. Mm, what's the word I'm looking for? Because I don't want to use a hateful word, but like very. stand Not standoffish vibes, but like they're not willing to help other people.
0: Yeah, it's like an us versus them type. Very situation.
1: much so. It's very s- not. S- yeah, I guess secluded. Yeah, like we're not concerned with who needs help. We're concerned with making sure that we don't get affected by anything else.
0: They're gonna look after their own and everybody else. They can fend can for themselves. Can just fend for themselves. <laughs> if you become a danger to Jackson, then, then you are you're gonna gone. get a bullet. I mean, their reputation. You know when they. Uh, Talked to that couple that was living in the woods at the beginning of the episode. It's like, no, don't go past here. This is a river of death. That's quite a reputation to have. It you got to pile up a few bodies to have that reputation.
1: It is one hundred percent. And I feel like they, if if that had if he had not dropped the right name in that scene with the dog, they were him and Ellie were gone. <laughs> yeah, because they now knew about them out there. You yeah. know what I mean?
0: Yeah, agreed. Um, a couple winks to the video game here I do want to mention. Uh, so, the horse that they ride, Shimmer, that's actually... So, that horse is not supposed to be introduced yet. That's actually Ellie's horse from the second game. I love it. Um, that. So, that's a little kind of wink that they put in there. You actually... The the city is actually not in the first game a lot either. It's in the second game primarily, but they went ahead and put it in the show, which I really liked. Mm-hmm. Um, And then... This, this is completely, like, not confirmed, and this is just something that the internet um, uh, is kind of running with. But the the girl that, like, Ellie catches staring at her, and she kind of, like, shouts at her a little bit when mm-hmm. they're in the cafeteria. Yes. So the internet believes that that is Dina, who is, like, a future love interest for Ellie, possibly so uh that is not confirmed though so i'll just put that out even uh neil Druckmann, who is the show uh co-president of naughty dog like slash writer uh ha- has refused to confirm that's actually her but she does look incredibly like the video game character so uh just Ooh. throwing that out there and mentioning that as a as a possibility so
1: i would love to i would love that for ellie because i do feel like sometimes shows do like standoff of giving their younger characters maybe love interests like I don't know what the time frame is going to be here is it going to be like a year time jump two year time jump but if you have a teenager around you or if you know a teenager they are the most dating motherfuckers there are okay <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> like they go on more dates than half the adults I know they have a new girlfriend boyfriend holding partner before you can blink so, I love that,
0: <laughs> yeah, um, I will say that if they're gonna do um they're gonna do- se- not it's no longer if they're gonna do season two, I think it's gonna be at least two years. I think they're gonna age Bella Ramsey up a tad,
1: yeah
0: um maybe three years I don't know um I don't know what their production schedule was like for the show, but there's no way we get it next year, I would no. say that unless unless they're going to bridge the gap like if they're gonna say we're gonna do one or two seasons like in the middle of the, the games um, and just go completely off the rails. But
1: that's not what notoriously HBO is known for, I feel like. I feel like HBO is going to make us wait because they love to make us wait.
0: Yeah, they really do. Hence why we're not getting any House of the Dragon this year <gasps> and we're sitting here reviewing this. <laughs> but I am thankful that we got this, I mean, for sure. So.
1: Absolutely. I just I think the reason why I'm yearning for House of the Dragon so badly is because I ha- I know what's to come. Right. I know the characters that are to come and I want them. I want them now. And so,
0: yeah, I gotcha. I, I I'm right there with you. There's a lot. I really want to see from that. So we're going to be reviewing that next year. That'll be probably like season eight. So, uh, for this show. <laughs> so, um, so i want to talk about the last scene here at the university of Eastern Colorado. That's, that's a, that's a name.
1: <laughs> it really is. And, um, it looked like they filmed it there. I'm pretty I mean, sure. I I've been to this particular location to one time. It was at, like, a party. It was kind of dark. But it looked very similar to what I remember it looking like. Right. Um. The monkeys. That was so good.
0: It was hilarious. Yeah. Because
1: <laughs> she was like, monkeys. Yeah. I've like, oh, never seen anything like that.
0: Yeah. Because, I mean, they don't have a zoo in the QZ. you No. Know?
1: <laughs> Not at all.
0: <laughs> and it. It's interesting. I never thought about it until this exact scene. I'm guessing that the Cordyceps can't survive in, like, other stuff, like dogs or monkeys or whatever, because we don't see any, like, infected of, like, other species. Um, But, uh, yeah, if there's something from the games I'm missing, uh, by all means, like, uh, drop us a note on social media, leave us a comment, whatever, uh, and and let me know. But I thought that was interesting, and it's something I never thought about until... That scene, I was like, well, hopefully they aren't cordyceps monkeys. And it's like, okay, yeah, they're no not. Yeah, no
1: kidding, because that would have been crazy, them to turn around Creepy and just like, as Rah! hell,
0: yeah. Yeah, like a clicker that's like that agile and fast. I mean, it was bad enough in the last episode, so.
1: Now I can't stop thinking about clicker birds, and I hate you for <laughs> oh, it. Oh, like, no. Terrifying. No.
0: <laughs> At least with the birds, it would not take very long for them to, like, die, because I, f- I feel like they would get fully taken over by the fungus like pretty quickly. Oh, yeah, because so. they're
1: small and they're small immune the system, but still, it's like a horrendous fear. Yeah, I
0: mean, you know, and it would take their eyesight and, you know, there's no birds out there that, like, you know, can use echolocation or anything. So, you know, it would be fine.
1: Oh, God. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, no. All right, on from that, on from that. Um, this scene, you know, they, they gave us, like, walking down these corridors and, like – you know they find out there's like not any, the wherever these doctors like they were here but they're gone mhm they're playing this like happy song as they're like traveling and i'm just like
1: some shit is gonna go down
0: yeah i was like there's no episode of this show that leaves you with your emotions intact it's not gonna mm-hmm. happen it like with with Tommy telling them, oh, it's a really dangerous trail and everything. There's
1: been no danger. And
0: they run into nothing, and they're playing this little happy music. I was like, nah.
1: <laughs> there's
0: no way. And what we get is this very dangerous confrontation with,
1: with the raiders.
0: Yeah, and they're not this super armed group. You can tell that they're not very organized. They had, like, mm-hmm. bats and, like, random stuff that you pick oh, up.
1: Like, Railroad Spike, is that what? Um,
0: that he got stabbed yeah. with? That was the bat. When he oh, first swung it, splintered. it, it splintered, and he stabbed him with the handle. And when he pulled that thing out, it came out so far. I mean, it was so long. I was just like, oh, no. I was like, okay, maybe it's just a little. And then he just keeps pulling Boy. it, and I'm like, oh, my God. Um, There's
1: some damage done there.
0: Oh, for sure. In the game, he actually falls, like, and this is why they changed it for show. In the game, he falls out of a building. And lands on, like, some rebar, and it, like, goes all the way through him.
1: Does he survive that?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, and and so I'm just like, that's not realistic at all. So I'm glad they went with this, like, stab thing. Um, I was going to ask you, like, what do you think about this? Because... Um,
1: I'm stressed. I'm stressed. He. I mean, like I said, this is somebody who has not played any of the video game. I know nothing about the lore. I don't know anything about the story. I haven't Googled. I think he's dead. And Ellie's going to have to figure this shit out.
0: Because I have played the games, I will say that it would not shock me either way. Um, I will say this. In, in the game, in the first game, when that happens, he's not dead from that. That does not mean that the show won't change it. And if they did change it, I would completely understand why. Um, It would um, be interesting, but it would not, like, blow me away to the point where, like, there's no way this could happen.
1: How many episodes do we have for season one? Do we
0: know? Nine episodes. We have three left.
1: Hmm. And
0: I am almost entirely certain... That they are going to, the next episode is going to be 100% Ellie backstory. I don't think we're going to get to see any modern. Oh my
1: God. Anything. So it's going to be
0: two weeks before we find out what happens. My money would be on him living because I I think I know where they're going to go with this. But once again, I would not be super shocked if he's not, like, if he's dead.
1: I'm excited for Ellie backstory if that's what they give us, though. Like, I want to see her life before Joel.
0: I think we're going to see her and Riley, which is like a friend of hers that she had as a child. Um, kind of how she ends up in the the mall and how she gets bit. I think we're going to see all of that in the next episode.
1: That's really awesome. I'm looking forward to that. Then I, I hope you're. I hope you've got the the down low. I th- I'm pretty <laughs> sure.
0: I, I I'm like ninety percent on that prediction. So. Nice. Uh, but like I said, they could swerve us. They could one hundred percent swerve us. Uh, all right. So. Um, what do you uh what do you score this one out of ten? What what do you, what you
1: Okay, it? out of ten. Um I'd give it a solid eight. Solid eight, okay. Yeah, if episode three was a nine for me, or even a nine point five on episode three, I'd give this one a solid eight. Um, I thought it was really well done, showed a lot of character development, was really good. Um I didn't love the trip to um, Colorado because it had been built up so much right. with the first two people that they meet and then with the Tommy and Maria. Like, I was expecting shenaniganry <laughs> for we- them to have only run into one mostly unarmed group of bandits type, like, it just was a little bit of a letdown for me. I would have liked to have seen a little bit of this dangerous trip.
0: At least, like, them avoiding stuff, right? Something. Even if they just had a scene where they maybe, like, came across, like, an armed, like, caravan or something, they just, like, hid and waited for them to go by, you know?
1: Exactly. Something that showed me that this was a dangerous trek. But they were just lollygagging along on this horse. And I was, like, waiting for it and waiting for it and waiting for it. And uh, But a solid eight. Yeah, easily.
0: It'd be like Fellowship of the Ring if they were, like, yeah, we're going to go to Rivendell, and they just walk there.
1: That is <laughs> a thousand percent it. And then, yes, cool shit happens in Rivendell. Yeah. But going to Rivendell, they just, like, made jokes and drank beers or yeah. something. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: cooked bacon and all that. Yeah.
1: Exactly. The, the The trip to the university was a mild letdown, but definitely my second favorite episode of the season. Wow. Okay. Um, I would say my first would obviously be episode three. This would be my second and then the premiere would be a close third, but I did like this episode more than I liked the premiere.
0: I gave the premiere a 10, nice. which is interesting because I don't ever do that.
1: No, I don't think I've ever heard you give many 10s.
0: Yeah, um and and it's interesting because like I episode 3 is my favorite episode. Mm-hmm. But I
1: think most people's
0: Looking at it objectively as trying to be a critic I don't think for what they were trying to do, which was introduce a video game as a television show mm-hmm. and get all of this exposition and everything out of the way so they could get on the journey. I think episode one did it as well as you can possibly do what they were trying to do. It hooks you. It introduces you to the world and the characters. It doesn't drag its feet, but it also doesn't rush you.
1: No, I agree. You know,
0: it doesn't wheel of time. You it's like, here's 95 things oh, you need to know. We and- can't even
1: talk about that series, <laughs> dude. I mentioned it Wheel of Time the book series in yeah. my video today. Um, my video that went up today is um the top things I look for in a um fantasy drama series. Okay. So you'll have to check it out. Was
0: it I, yeah, I definitely I'm probably gonna watch that like tonight. Was that? Um was Wheel of Time used in a don't-do-this manner? Yes, it was. Yeah. Um, it's over here. It's probably going to sit there, too.
1: <laughs> yeah, Wheel of Time's not my favorite, but I did give you a suggestion if you like that kind of time frame on something else to read instead of Wheel of Time, which would be the Wizard's First Rule series.
0: Awesome. Uh, yeah, Wheel of Time for me is like, I want to read the last three that Sanderson wrote. Yeah. But do I want to suffer through, And and like, we're going to get like... So much hate, probably, hate because, because so
1: many people love Wheel of Time.
0: People swear by Wheel of Time, and I'm just like...
1: I DNF'd Wheel of Time, and there are not a lot of things I have DNF'd in my history of reading.
0: Yeah. Uh, I read... I wanted... I, I, I picked up the first three books. They're over here on the shelf. Um, and I wanted to read them, because anything Sanderson, I want to read it. Right. I'm probably never going to get there. Uh, I have heard, though, that like starting with like the fourth book, the, like it changes significantly and all this other stuff. But I'm like, that's not enough for me. You can't be like, well, you just got to read these three books before it gets good. I'm just like, Cause, you know.
1: Because I'm not going to do it. Man. Yeah. There's too many good books out there.
0: Right. It took me, I mean, I read probably like one-fifth the speed that you do, and that's being generous to me. And it took me three tries to get into Way of Kings, as we were talking about earlier, and that t- like to most people is like the top top end of like high fantasy. Mm-hmm. A lot of people like um, it's the
1: highest ranked book on Goodreads, I believe. Uh,
0: Words of Radiance is the oh, sequel, okay. is but Way of Kings is like in the top ten. Yeah, nice. Yeah, Words is my favorite as well, but a lot of people swear by Way of Kings, uh, and I don't blame them.
1: It's really high up there. I mean, I've read it in. I'll probably have it read in five days, um, so that's like roughly two hundred and fifty pages a day of reading.
0: And it's it's dense, like
1: it is. That's my thing. That this Way of Kings will be the longest book I've ever like taken days consecutively to read. It's like um,
0: 380,000 words, I think. And it's the shortest of the Stormlight series. Right. So.
1: um, and, and I flew through Priory of the Orange Tree, which is so crazy. But Priory is a different type of read. Yeah. This read, there's so much, like, there's so much to read about what's going on in lore without a lot of action. So you just keep kind of, especially in the middle, you just keep kind of, like, diving in more and more and more and more. And then you're like... At least for me, I'm flipping back and being like, I got to reread um, this person's stuff because I'm not sure if this is tying in here.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It, the, the comparing it to like something like Mistborn, and we're so far off the rails now. But oh, I, don't care. I know. I'm sorry. Um, it's, it's okay. It's what we do here. Uh, okay. Mistborn is very action adventure. It's mm-hmm. like, these are the characters, the stuff they can do. Here's a storyline. Whereas, like, the world and the lore is what Stormlight is about. Like, it's... Yeah. That's the main thing. The character development is incredible, too. It is. Um, but it's like what they did in episode three of this show. It's like we're taking... We're shining a little light on, like, one of these characters and telling you so much about the world through mm-hmm. doing that, through their journey, so... No,
1: absolutely. And and I'm eating it up because I, I love a good set of lore.
0: Yeah, so... Uh, hence the the name of your the show, Coffee and Lore, <laughs> exactly. Um, I'm gonna give this episode an eight five. Um, uh, I I like it a lot better than four because, like we said, four and five should have been one episode. Because four is just all build yes, up,
1: yes, exactly.
0: Um, but yeah, I'm gonna give this one an eight five. There were moments of it that I did not think the pacing, like the pacing's kind of all over the place. But they had the Like the really big moments that they had in there were great Great moments. moments. And it, you know, I hate to give any episode of this show less than a damn nine because, like, the set design, the production value. So good. And, like, Pedro and Bella are always on it. There's never a moment where they're not. Yeah. So, taking all that into consideration, this is one of those shows, like, rare where, like, I don't want to criticize it. Mm -hmm. And it's so crazy because I don't love the games, like, at all. Like, I don't think, (laughs) I think the first one is super overblown like overhyped and then the second one i think is like last jedi tier absolute like garbage so Ooh, yeah man. yeah season two of this is not going to be unless they are willing to make significant changes, changes. it's not going to be good no i'm not gonna there, there's a moment where i'm like i me and millions of other people are going to collectively turn their televisions off so
1: maybe they're going to do something different then. that's
0: what i think and hope hope and think so we'll see but um yeah uh absolutely I'm glad we were able to go through this. Thank you for joining me. No problem. For the second ever in the studio like
1: I know I'm video so excited. <laughs> yeah. So
0: check out Coffee and Lore on YouTube. Uh watch all the stuff that she puts out. She's one of my like top things I'm subscribed to whenever I pull up my uh my TV out there like one of your videos is pretty much always like right there in the front.
1: I truly appreciate that. I really do. I try to be consistent. Like every Monday and Wednesday morning, you're getting something out of me.
0: Yeah. And I love that. Like, um, and and it's, I know that, uh, like, we're not super consistent about that here. I love that about you. And, like, I am trying to get on that level where it's like at least every week we're putting out something and you're putting out multiple things a week usually. So always something to check out. It's a huge
1: time suck, but it, it is definitely something I'm passionate about. And I love whenever you pop up on my thing because it's always something I know I'm like, yes, I want to find out about this. Like, you pick some great topics.
0: Well, I am definitely uh, glad that you think so. And I hope everybody out there thinks so as well. Uh, we're going to cover some more Last of Us. We are about to start doing two a week, though, because uh, March 1st, as we said, we got him right here. <laughs> uh, Mandalorian Season 3 uh, is going to kick off, and we're going to be kind of having to double up. Uh, I have an interview with Sean Legacy coming up uh, later on this week. Um, He is going to be part of the Title Belt Pro show that we are sponsoring. We're going to have more information on that. In the meantime, uh, come right back here next week as well. We're going to do Episode 7. And once again, check out Coffee and Lore. Thanks for joining me again.
1: Thanks so much for having me. It is always the most incredible time.
0: Absolutely. Thank you for coming on. And this has been an Evolved Review. Yeah.